All right, you guys, I'm so excited for this conversation today. Ashley Alderson combines her love of small business development, fashion, connecting awesome human beings, and casseroles, not in that order, together every day as a leader in the boutique retail industry and other busy mamas around the world. Ashley is the founder of the Boutique Hub. It's a central connection point of the global retail boutique industry. Inside thousands of boutique owners, wholesale brands, and industry service providers connect daily for ongoing business education, support, wholesale buying, live conferences, and events, and the opportunity to raise the voice of the industry. Boutique Style, the Boutique Hub sister platform, allows boutique shoppers around the world to discover and shop thousands of unique stores at once. Ashley is a mom of three busy kids, Hadley, Easton, and Jade, and a wife to her partner in crime, or love, as they say, and business partner, Eric. Besides sharing business strategy daily, she also shares the true behind the scenes of what it's like to be a mom, wife, seven-figure entrepreneur, cancer survivor, agriculture advocate, and casserole connoisseur. Ashley, I'm so excited. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So you guys, uh, I think that we kind of changed up right before we got on the show what we were going to talk about. And she said to me, Let's kind of give them the meat of entrepreneurship and and no fluff. I don't think either you or I probably like fluff. And I'm like, she's my girl. I like it. I like it. <laughs> we are one so, in the same. I'll tell you what. We are. We are. I'm excited to, um, I guess, hear how did you get started from an entrepreneurial perspective before we go any further? Like, this is a lot that you do. Like, how did you kind of fall into this? <laughs> well, I feel like every good entrepreneurial journey starts with like an accident, right? There's like this thing that we want to figure out and maybe we start a business plan and it doesn't go exactly how we thought it would. And so we pivot and create what we're really destined to become. And and that was definitely a huge part of my journey. Um, I'm from North Dakota originally, which, you know, is quite a metropolis. Many people I speak to have never been to North Dakota, but I'm incredibly proud of it. And because I was from such a rural area, I'm talking like a town of under 2000 people, no stoplights, no fast food. I lived on a ranch, uh, you know, just middle of nowhere type of thing, even though I loved fashion. I loved when I traveled finding boutiques all over the country, just like that really unique curated feel, you know, and, and it felt like it was home to me because when you grow up in the Midwest, I always felt like fashion was for New York or fashion was for LA, but what was left for me in the rest of the country, in the middle of the country, you know, it just like felt so foreign. And so I wanted to create a way to connect women like me to fashion just to feel beautiful and confident. And I wanted to create a place where they could discover boutiques all over the country like I had the opportunity to do. So in North Dakota, I was working in economic development. So I had this passion for small business growth and just the economy as a whole and what makes it tick with small businesses. But then um, my father ended up passing away and he was kind of our anchor to our ranch and, and living in the Dakotas. And so we took this journey to live in Wisconsin, where my husband is from originally. And in that space, I left the career I loved in economic development and had you know, an opportunity to start something from scratch. And so that's where the Boutique Hub really came from. It was this idea I'd always had, and now I had space to put it together. And when I started, it started as this online shopping mall of boutiques, right, to connect women to fashion just like I had hoped. But what I found when I started that and invested everything we had into it was that the boutique owners I was helping, really what they needed more than just a connection to the consumer was they needed a connection to one another. They needed a community. They needed a voice. They needed uh, a way to have answers to their questions that just didn't exist before. And so the Boutique Hub, as we know it today, really came out of a pivot. It came out of a place of what I created didn't work. 
And it, it took me spending everything we had, losing everything we had to kind of a bad business deal gone wrong with a, a potential partner and having to get really scrappy to figure it out to build the community we have today that's now absolutely flourished. Isn't that sometimes the coolest thing when some of the hardest, most painful things is where we find our calling and where we find like where maybe our passion and lies, but in that hard, yeah. we're like, all, all we want to be like, like, it's like, we don't want to be in that hard. Right. But yeah. I think if you are just open to the pivot and open to the change and open to the lessons that that mm-hmm. challenge is bringing, that's where the growth kind of fills in. Right. Oh, it absolutely does. You're so right. And society, I feel like kind of trains us today that things should be easy and things should always feel good and we should always be in joy and ease. And yeah, we all strive for that, but that's not where growth comes from. I mean, you really have to look for something good that comes out of every bad situation. And and again, whether that's a health struggle or a business struggle, I mean, I just always believe that that opportunity is there if you look for it. I love it. So let's talk about business then as far as you've built this like empire. What do you feel like from a habit productivity standpoint um, has made you very efficient or have things that you've implemented maybe into your business that has allowed it to be efficient the way that it operates? Mm, Good question. Um, I've spent a lot, I would say, even in the last year, really going down this path of asking myself, are you an entrepreneur or are you a CEO? Uh, because I think there's a distinct difference, and that difference has really been a catalyst to help me grow and scale the company. And what I mean by that is we all start as an entrepreneur. So we all start with this scrappy Gary V hustle mentality, right? We're trying to build the plane as we fly it. We're trying to figure this out. We are just wanting some money in the bank and some freedom at the end of the day. Like We've got this dream that we have to prove to all the Karens and haters out there that it's going to work. And so we value money. We value saving money. We value just getting tasks completed, right? We value, are we going to be better than we were yesterday? Or our long-term vision is how do I get to the end of this month and make payroll? And there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. We all have to start there. And it's the creative juices that set us up for this long-term success. Then I feel like as we grow, we hit this tipping point. And Someone once asked me this question and I keep it in a post-it note on my desk today and it says, are you the bottleneck of your business? And I thought, man, that just like hit me like a ton of bricks because the answer, unfortunately, is always yes. No matter what stage of growth we're at, I find that I'm the one bottlenecking it. And I realized at one point that if our business was to grow like I really hoped it would, I had to step back and figure out how to turn into a CEO, not just the scrappy hustling entrepreneur. So what does a CEO really look like? A CEO really looks like the person who values time more than money. They can clearly set a boundary around what's business and what's personal and where they're going to take money and invest it to make more money and to create more time. So a good example of this would be, let's just say I give $1,000 to two people. One's an entrepreneur, one's a CEO. And I say, hey, you have one month, go build a website with this $1,000 and then keep whatever you know profits you have at the end of the day. Well, what that looks like is the entrepreneur is going to likely take $1,000 and they're creative and scrappy, right? So they're going to put it in the bank because they want money in the bank. And they're going to say, I can DIY it, right? I know how to use Shopify. I can do all these things. I'm just going to make my website myself. And it takes them three weeks to make the website. And at the end of which, let's say their website profits three grand. And so now the month is up and they've made three grand plus the thousand they kept in their pockets. They've got $4,000 at the end of the day. 
Well, if I did the same thing with a CEO, what would likely happen is I give them $1,000 and they're going to take 750 of it and they're going to invest it into help and ask for someone to build that website for them. And they're going to keep 250 because, you know, we have to have a safe bet, right? So they put that in the bank. Well, with that 750, they now can develop a website in one week. And that website starts to make $3,000 a week. Well, they've got three weeks left in the month, right? So now they've got three, six, nine thousand $9,000 plus the 250 they kept as insurance. And they've got $9,250 versus the entrepreneur who has 4000 So I thought about this concept. I'm like, man, that's really what it is. Like if I can lean into being a CEO and not make this business just centered around me, but centered around processes and systems, right? And like actually building a business that can operate without me, then the sky's the limit. I think that's powerful. I mean, I think that's the whole idea too, is um, I was very much an operator uh, working in the business and not working on the business for a season. And that's the entrepreneur, right? It's that switch that you have to realize what, where is, where is my value and where is my time being spent and where should it be being spent? Um, and so that's that switch of, of being an operator, being the entrepreneur to being that CEO. Um, and I know personally for me, I don't know if you were this way. I think that, um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of my businesses have been rooted in passion, right? Um, it's been something I've been very passionate about. So I feel it. I do it. I won't stop. The drive's been there that kind of anytime, you know, it, it's there, right? But I think the hard part about it as well, my downside to that being the heart on my sleeve is I'm very passionate about it and I'm emotionally tied to some things. So I think that there's been some business decisions that I know I've needed to make. But emotionally, I haven't wanted to make. Um, does that make sense? So 100%. I haven't made them. So it's like that switch, right? We have to, <laughs> it's not just entrepreneur that's passionate. We have to go to that CEO that yeah. <laughs> literally sometimes peels those emotions away to make yeah. the right de- decisions so that those passions continue, continue mm-hmm. to grow and evolve and to be what they are. Man, yeah, that I feel like that's happening in my own life even right now. Because I think as an entrepreneur, your your pride, not just your pride, because that could be perceived as negative, but like your self-worth is so attached to this thing, you know, failing or flying, right? You have just so much identity wrapped up in what you've created. And it's really hard to flip that switch and take an unemotional look at the numbers and what the future holds for your business and become that CEO. I mean, you really, it does take some time to be able to step back and ask, what is the greater good? And really, what is my purpose at the end of the day? And how do I want the story to end? And a lot of times, you know, as an entrepreneur, I feel like I couldn't see that far in the future. I was just so excited to get, you know, to where my initial goal was. And then I felt like I would hit a goal. And you and I were talking about vision boards a little bit too. I felt like I would hit a goal. I would have whatever was on the vision board would happen. And then I would go, oh my gosh, what next? Like I've never been able to think that big before. So this process has really stretched my ability to think about really what is possible and how do we start to go after the things that are huge hopes and dreams that we maybe once thought was impossible. And I think the biggest thing is, I think the lesson in both for, for both of us when we're talking about is being open to that evolution. I think we start with one mm-hmm. thing in mind, Right. And we build this foundation and we sometimes have to rebuild another foundation for the next season of growth, the next season of alignment. And um, so I own multiple businesses and some of them are partnerships, some of them are not, some of them, they're different businesses in all different industries. And I feel like I have been in just this season of 
rebuilding, relooking for efficiency, for workflow, for profitability, for passion, for all those different things to make sure I am being a CEO. Like <laughs> so many mm-hmm. lessons. Um, and it's this constant thing of we have to take steps back. And that's probably been my biggest thing is taking steps back, mm-hmm. learning and absorbing and making sure I'm having the right social influence. Cause I don't know if you feel about, feel like mm-hmm. this, but having the right social influence, having those right people from a business perspective that are pouring into you in the right way. Right. Like I yeah. can never call one of my friends as a teacher and be like, I just had a container not show up. It showed up late. Like, I don't like, should we send this marketing? Like she would be like, say what? But if you have these right social influences that are pouring into you in the right buckets, that's what can allow you to level up and to be better and to be open to that evolution be open to that change. And so that's been just something that I've been really challenging myself is Mm -hmm. what are my social circles for different areas of my life? Not only business, but personal as well. Who is in them? Who should be, who's in them and shouldn't be in them? Yeah. And who? could I add to that? That's so true. My dad always said it's, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. And I think that's the definition of success at, at any level of business, right? When you're first getting started, you have to have a mentor to follow. And as you grow, you still have to have mentors, right? The learning never stops. And you're right. People can pour into you good and they can pour into you bad. And, and I also kind of, to your point, want to mention to anyone who's just getting started and maybe you have people that are doubting what you're doing, or maybe you have family that really don't support what you're doing. And I I just want you to know that that's okay um, because not everyone will always understand or support. I'll never forget. I I had a CEO, someone who I really, you know, looked up to in our industry one time. And I was telling him about the hub and our plans and how things were going. And it was right after like our first huge conference that we held that was a huge success. And I was so excited about it. Like, yeah, this guy's going to be on board. And and he looked at me and at the end of our conversation, he listened to me for probably a good 20, 30 minutes and he stands up and as if to like pat me on top of the, on, on top of the head, he goes, well, good luck with your little project. We are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com. Start Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. And I mean, yeah, you could have taken the wind right out of the room, right, with that. And I smiled, you know, and nodded. And I walked out of the room. And I think we all have a choice in that moment. And we can let that define us and cast doubt into our vision. Or we can be burned by the fire, right, and use it. Yeah. So now, like, that's on the middle of my vision board today is good luck with your little project. And I vow, like, someday when I write a book, that's going to be the title of it because not everyone will see the vision, but you have to hold true to it no matter where you are. I will say, and I've never actually shared this with anyone, um, but from a business perspective, Start Planner that's sponsoring this podcast, when I, when I, not just I, we had this idea to start this, um, someone that I cared about a lot told me, it won't work. You're wasting your time and uh, it'll never be anything. <laughs> and I literally think I used that for a long time. And, 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 you know, I think you start something out of inspiration or desperation. 
Yeah. I started Smart Planner out of inspiration. That's it. like, I didn't need anything else. It was just inspiration. Now there's been points in the business that I've now had to get desperate, right? And yeah. pivot and get scrappy, <laughs> but it's inspiration or desperation, right? And I, yeah. but I do think that I used that for a long time is like, I'll, I'll prove you wrong. And it's just a, a motivator using that fear that someone that's saying you can't, that yes, I can. It's yeah. no longer a fuel or anything that drives me whatsoever. But even from a personal perspective, I've had people tell me I'm divorced. Um, I have three kids. So I'm a single mom. I've had people tell me that why would you leave? Like you will never find anyone um, else. And I'm like, Wait, what? Oh. People that I care about, like love, you know, has, mm-hmm. has told that to me. And it's like, like you either let that absorb into your subconscious and you believe it mm-hmm. or you say, that's what you can think. That's fine. And you continue going about your way, knowing your energy, knowing your light, knowing your worth, and continue stepping in the direction that you're meant to step in. Um, so there's going to be those people that will, that will doubt yes. you. There's going to be people that will try to tear you down. And a lot of times yeah. it's those people that are in a unhealthy state themselves, mm-hmm. that are not conscious, that are not awake. Like I feel like all of our journeys are part of the development of our souls. Their yeah. souls are not aligned with where you are in your business, your personal life, it's okay if you are passionate about something. That passion is not going to go away. You right? just have to maybe figure out what you need, the pieces of the puzzle. And if you have enough passion, you will figure it out. You will get scrappy. You will figure out and read the books, absorb the information, ask the questions, do the hard things yes. to continue taking steps to pivot and move your life, your business, everything forward. Yeah. I, I heard it described this way one time that you have three types of friends always. You have old friends. You have growth friends and you have maintenance friends. And I thought, how true. Sometimes it's friends and it's family. There's old that you let go of. There's growth who are for for where you're going, right? And are going to help be with you on that new journey. And they see your dream as you see it. And there's maintenance friends. And sometimes that's that's just family or neighbors or whatever it is that they're with you and they're a friend for part of your journey, but maybe they don't understand all of it and that's okay. But I think it's important to recognize who is who in your life. Yes, that's the big key. It's recognizing. And it's it's also knowing where boundaries need to be put in place to protect your energy, to protect your like to protect the direction that you're wanting to go for growth. Yes. And being able to recognize this is where I was in a season, accepting I've outgrown and continue to move yourself forward as you're evolving into who you're becoming. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, this was so good. Like, all right, so let's <laughs> finish up by um talking about failures a little bit, how, like, Mm -hmm. I think that that's what kind of stops a lot of people. And it's what stops me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I, a lot of people perceive me as someone that is just easy to change and is very bold. And I, I feel like I, I am bold, but at the same time, I feel like the more that I've experienced life, the more that I've had to really look inward and not become like afraid of change or afraid of pivot or afraid of bigger Mm -hmm. things falling. I don't know. So failure is something that I'm afraid of. And I think that uh, Mm -hmm. control is one of my biggest things. So I have to learn that there's this balance of planning, executing, Mm -hmm. trying to control, but learning that ultimately you don't have control. You have to give it up to be open to those unknowns. So can you talk about failure and and what, what, how you feel on that to kind of wrap this up from an entrepreneurial perspective? Yeah, I actually was just having this conversation with my kids the other day and I had to I had to make it a joke so they were with me to start. I said, "What do you call a pile of cats?" And they were like, "I don't know. What do you call a pile of cats?" And I said, "It's a mountain. It's a mountain." 
And they were like, mom, you're so lame. But I thought it was funny, of course, because I like cheesy jokes. And then I said, you know, I said, how easy is it to, when you feel like you fail at something, to just give up and walk away, right? You don't want to go down that road anymore. And I said, well, what do you think success is built on? I said, success or being good at anything only comes after you have failed so many times and figured out what not to do, right? That creates opportunity for what to do. So I said, success is really built on a mountain, a mountain of failures. And I said, I hope in anything that you do in life that that you give yourself permission to fail first, because sometimes it's going to open a door or a window that you didn't even know existed. And that's exactly you know what the hub has been for us. Our our early stages when the business wasn't working, I got caught in this trap of thinking that there must be someone out there smarter than me that surely could figure this out, and I should just trust them to build the company. Because what did what did I know? I'd never built a company before. And so I found a I found a random stranger on Twitter, which you should never find a random stranger on Twitter to go into business with. But yes, that's what I did, and I <laughs> I basically got catfished. Someone that was going to be my partner that kept saying, yeah, the paperwork's coming. And we, you know, we Zoomed and we slacked all the time and we had these plans. I agreed to give him majority ownership in the company, change our business name, all these things. But the paperwork never came, never came. And he started to really treat me in a really negative way and like kind of talk down to me, like, what do you know? Even though this is the company that I'd built, keep in mind. And finally, after about six or seven months of this, it was Christmas that year, um, my husband and I said, you know what? This is silly. We've had enough. We're done. We're we're this deal is off. We're done. And that person drained our bank accounts, uh, blocked us from all email lists, all Facebook groups, everything we'd created, and started to go forward with an idea that I had always had to lay out, and that was to create this business conference for boutique owners, retailers, e-commerce stores. And this went on for a while. And I tell you what, when it happened. I was like laying on the couch in the fetal position, you know, like this is it. And I'll never forget. You were in the victim mode. Oh, so in the victim mode. And I've got to give my husband credit because I'll never forget him coming up to me and saying, you know what? I know this is hard. Like, I know this is hard. He said, but whatever you choose, I will support you. But you just have to choose what is your next move going to be. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going down without a fight. So I got up and I just got scrappy. I opened a Facebook group that I'd had formerly, started to just serve people for free um, for really about the next six months. I didn't take home a paycheck. I just hustled for free just to try to regain some trust and credibility and to serve my people. And what happened was this, this person um, started this conference. And the day the conference you know, was supposed to happen or the day people were flying out to it, he canceled it and kept all their ticket money. And didn't refund anyone. It was like karma coming back in the biggest way possible. And that was really the end for, you know, what that person had done and really the beginning for what we were going to continue to create. And so we just kept going down this mode of serving before we sold anything, serve before you sell. And then uh, the fall of that year, we launched the Boutique Hub as it is today, kind of our, you know, version number two. And that's what really took off. But had that not happened, had I not had to go through that period of, I actually can do this on my own. I don't have to rely on someone who I think is smarter than me. I do have the skills and tools necessary, and I can ask for help. Had that not happened, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I look at failure completely different because it did afford an opportunity um, for us in our life. Yeah, and I think that it's in those failure moments where there's pain that will give you the opportunity to choose, and that's the thing. It's like I love what your husband said, and I love that he was supportive. Uh, so kudos for him, uh, <laughs> to him and to you for 
forging a new way and pivoting and not seeing as yourself as a victim, but rather mm-hmm. seeing us as an opportunity to grow for the next season of your business. And now look what you've created and been able to help and um, bring all this unity together for services and processes for all of these that need you. So I'm Thank so you. proud of y'all. Thank you. Well, Ashley, where can people that are listening here find you? I would love to personally connect with anyone, whether you are a boutique owner or not, um, at AJ Alderson. That's my Instagram handle or Ashley J. Alderson, of course, on TikTok, because we got to mention that, but really anytime at theboutiquehub.com. And the Boutique Hub is specifically for? The Boutique Hub is for anyone in the retail or e-commerce or even wholesale industry. So our mission is to connect the global boutique industry. We've got boutiques from all around the world, wholesale brands, makers from around the world who love to sell into boutiques, and then also industry service providers who fill any type of niche in the industry. They all connect on our platform. I love it. All right. Well, Ashley, thank you for coming on here and chatting about business and also inner twinging some lessons from life. Um, This was such a good conversation. Oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure. Thanks again for having me, Chrissy. Absolutely. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.